The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And Lisa Brown is here. Hello, everyone. And it's Batman Day. We it are is. actually uh, in the hangover section of Batman Day. Yeah, we're all, we have it's got our we're nursing our bat hangovers. Yes, <laughs> too much bat whiskey. This year was the 80th anniversary of Batman, and it felt like an 80th 80 year old birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> it was all like, oh look, he's still around. Yeah. Okay, let's send a picture. <laughs> okay, and then that that was kind of it. But the 75th was like this huge event. It was. You know, they gave out masks, and Bruce Timm made new animation. That, and I could be mistaken, but was that not the first Batman Day? Was the 75th anniversary? Because I don't feel like this has been around for more than five years. I think you might be right. Um, that I think the fir- the 75th was so big that they were like, we'll do it we'll every, do it every year. year. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like you said, it kind of fizzled this year, where it was like, I forgot it was Batman Day. And I saw the same, like... Um, pictures on like social media about like cosplayers outside comic book shops and i'm like oh what's going on what is that for like yeah there wasn't anything because i read back a couple batman titles but i'm like two months behind so i didn't notice like any like big event even in the books or did you see any advertising in the comics this week or the last couple weeks no i mean the biggest the biggest advertising i saw was on comiXology which Mm. um you know, Comixology has really, really good sales every week. And then they were like, Batman Day sale. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is Batman. And they and like every single Batman trade paperback is five bucks. It doesn't matter if it costs them $12 or $35. It's five bucks. That's pretty so, sweet. Yeah, and all uh, every single issue is a dollar. So, uh, you know, I'm at the obsessive collector who's like, Oh, those are all the books I have in long boxes downstairs. And that book I like so much, I have a hardcover on my shelf. So here's $5. I'll buy it again. (laughs) So that was the biggest sale I knew. And then Mezco announced their New York Comic Con, which uh, exclusive, was Batman themed. And it is um, Batman versus Black Mask, which is a character they haven't done. And... Uh, when I saw it, I was like, Black Mask? But it, he's a guy in a suit. You could just make him Riddler. You can make him Two-Face. It wouldn't mm-hmm. cost you any more money and it'd be a more major villain. However, uh, when it went up at noon, it was completely sold out by 12.06. See, that kind of surprises me because it's like, it, is it just because it was an exclusive? Because how many Black Mask fans are out there? Right. Know. Black Mask has gained in popularity from they've used them a lot recently in like animated shows and stuff yeah well under the red hood he's the main villain yeah people really love that movie and then they used him as the main villain in one of the video games okay oh that actually so those are like two points of contact that i don't yeah but he really like fills the he's the mob boss yeah you know aren't they all kind of like mob bosses though not the joker well two-face has been and then you have like the falcon yeah, they um, had like mob guys. Yeah, they were actual like mobsters because like, then you would have Bruce Wayne dressing up as Matches Malone to yeah, like yeah. the worst disguise I've <laughs> ever seen. He's like, I'm gonna wear a 1970s mustache <laughs> and chew on a match. Yeah, and it's and, and it, nobody... it's like, uh, has everyone everyone seen like friends of theirs that normally don't have mustaches and you see him with a mustache and it's like you still recognize him. Yeah. Well, he also wears glasses, you guys. Oh, that's where it Sunglasses. is. Sunglasses. And he probably combs his hair different. Right. Yeah. Right. Not really. He <laughs> like, he puts it depends on who's drawing him. Yeah. yeah. But and Bruce Wayne is a very public figure. Right, yeah, right. He, I mean, Bruce Wayne, this guy's like on the cover of like magazines and well, you stuff. Also have He's like, like a Clark, Bill Gates. Yeah, but you also have like the Clark Kent 
Superman thing. But just... that's actually different. I always say that uh, Clark Kent's this guy. Superman doesn't wear a mask. So secret identities are a thing. It's like a trope of comic books. But in the superheroes world, secret identities aren't necessarily a thing. And what I mean by that is like, they understand Batman's wearing a mask because he's a secret identity. Superman's not wearing a mask. Most people probably just assume Superman's Superman all the time. Right. I don't think a lot of people in Metropolis are like, I wonder who Superman really is. It's like, he's not wearing a fucking mask. They don't They don't think he's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and he's, he also, got a he's also identity. got like alien status too, so. Right. So they'll be yeah. like, he's just okay. Superman and sense. he's Superman all the time. I made a whole stop motion video out of that idea. Oh, well, good. It's called Lois Lane Intrepid Reporter. You can find that on YouTube. There's a lot of moving DC direct guys around. <laughs> yeah. And Mark, uh, and there's a lot of comedians in it. I'm trying to remember all of them because I got, basically I get every comedian to do superhero for an hour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Superman's a very, very easy disguise. And Matches Malone is even easier because <laughs> Matches Malone can't run away at super speed when yeah. you figure it out. <laughs> well, I heard a rumor uh, Superman's gonna give up his secret identity in the uh, winter time coming up. He's gonna he's is, gonna out himself. He's only gonna just... have a summertime secret identity. No, no. <laughs> I mean, in the winter solicitations, is Bendis still gonna be writing? I believe at that point? so. And if you've been reading any of this stuff, nope. Uh, I think it's even in the Lois Lane book too. A little bit is that somebody caught a picture of like Lois Lane and Superman making yeah, out. Yeah, that's in the Lois Lane book. Yeah, and I think that's also they're carrying that storyline in the Superman titles. And I guess okay. she's getting a lot of like um, I don't know what else you call it. It's like slut shaming. Yeah, because she's making out with Superman. So I think this will be like, oh well, I'll out myself as Clark Kent as Superman because mm. my wife is getting her name's getting dragged through the mud and Superman all these. Superman's one of those stuff. few people that needs a secret identity. His entire story is about his secret identity. You go back to Golden Age and Silver Age books, the plot of every story is him lying and making shit up so people don't figure out his secret identity. That's like, if Superman doesn't have a secret identity, why do you want Superman wandering around a newspaper? Well, yeah, it's kind of like they did it in the Superman movie, the uh, Chris Reeve movie, where they were basically like, Hey, uh, Jor-El tells him in like space crystal stuff. He's like, you have to have a secret identity. He's like, if you don't have a secret identity or conceal your uh, true identities, like the people of this planet, they'll never stop asking you for things, everything. They'll be pestering you constantly. So just imagine if you knew who Superman was and he's like, I'm still going to work at the daily planet. And then they'd be like, there's something somewhere happening you should go do you know what i mean it's yeah. like uh the earth is never at fully at peace no even if you took out all the wars going on do you know how many accidents are happening superman all the time? mostly stops natural disasters natural right. disasters caused by supervillains or just natural disasters right but i think there's like seven tropical storms going on right now like across the planet Superman could be busy all day with that. You know what I mean? It's like, this isn't the only shit going on either. But that's not what I want to read. Oh, Superman's going into a cyclone again. Again. How many of these things is he Well, that's why we have Aquaman. That's also why we don't have Superman Day. Because Aquaman's going into a whirlpool again. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's very few characters. That was the thing when Secret Identities went away. uh, I was shocked by how few people that impacted. What do you like, mean when they went away? Um, like in the movies? No, in like the Joe Quesada era, they started going away. Like that's when, that's when there was a moment where everybody knew Captain America was Steve Rogers and Tony Stark was Iron Man. Yeah. And it wasn't a big deal. It was just like, oh yeah, he is. And, yeah, and then the movies, that's been part of it. Really only secret, only Spider-Man's cared about his secret identity, which they blew up at the end of Far From Home. Right. Yeah, it is a weird thing that they're doing away with. The movies are frustrating because um, it's you know the reasoning is that the actors want to show their heads, you know, their faces or whatever. So it's like they never want to wear a mask. So it's like that's why in every fight they all well take they their worked masks out off. so long. You got to tell it's their ass. Yeah, you got to know it's them. Right. Um, but in the comics, some guys it kind of makes sense not to have secret identity. Like Iron Man doesn't want to have secret identity. It's like. All right, you're rich. Your girlfriend's right. the CEO of Stark Enterprise or whatever. She's got a security detail. You're Steve Rogers. It's like all your friends are dead. Do you know what I mean? It's They're like already you don't have high to... profile, right? Like yeah. Hawkeye 
kind of wasn't really keeping a secret identity either, but it's like, well, your girlfriend's a super spy and you're on the Avengers. You know, Thor right. wasn't really using it. It's like, but like Daredevil kind of needs a secret identity. And then yeah, when they then, outed him, it, that was a really good story. So I, there's good stories to be done with. When yeah. they outed Spider-Man, it was a really bad story. Yeah, I think it was part of the ideas. Like, well, it worked really good in Daredevil. And it's like, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you're not going to strike lightning twice. With you the know? same well, then, story. Concept, right, essentially. Yeah. Going back to Batman Day, uh, as far as I know, Batman's secret identity has never been outed. Right. Could you have Batman? Even though that's like his like thing to do is like tell everyone he's Batman. He's like every girl he's Yeah, like, there's a lot well, of that, people my, that know. Well, that, that's a relationship milestone. Yes, yeah. For you, you, <laughs> you can even see Michael Keaton rehearse it in the Batman movie. Yeah, where he's mm-hmm. like mouthing, "I'm Batman." I'm Batman. <laughs> right. And then Joker shows up. Yeah, but I think like it's, I don't know. It's interesting because I think you can do a lot with it, but it's hard. I would imagine it's hard as a writer to kind of keep coming up with stories because that, it's such like an old trope. Yeah, like how do you make that fresh again? Right. And. I think it's interesting that, like, yeah, Batman's never really been outed on the world stage, like Spider-Man or Daredevil has, and it's kind of surprising given how many people, like, know who he is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got, like, this massive network of people that all know who he is. You like sidekicks and other assorted characters, the Justice League, you know? Whenever whenever anybody gets close, he just dresses another guy up as Batman, and it always works. Right, every time. I was just reading the Jerry Conway run of Batman from the 80s, and Vicki Vale figured it out because she was a photographer. She's like, wait, he has the same chin. He has the same dimple. He has the same, they're the same build, the same height. Bruce always runs away when Batman shows up. And then uh, she shows up at Wayne Manor, and she's like, I have proof. And Alfred's like, oh, um wait here <laughs> and then alfred puts on the bat suit <laughs> no even 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 a little crazier because alfred did put on the bat suit on the he's worn 66. it yeah yeah uh no he calls the human target who <laughs> yeah the human target was like a len ween character who's like Can didn't you... he dress like the question uh I, I think it was just like a spy okay and he, he was like can you dress up as bruce wayne and he was like <laughs> okay and then he just dresses up as Bruce Wayne. And then Bruce Wayne comes in as Batman, and she's like, "Oh, I'm wrong," and then drops it completely. Yeah, uh-huh. hmm, the guy's got enough money to have a plane shaped like a bat. I wonder if he has <laughs> enough money to well, fake a body double. But that's the thing about Batman; he's got all the money in the world. Yeah, like Iron Man, he has no personal life. Mm-hmm. Does it really matter that people don't well, know he's Bruce Wayne, well, or could it just be like? Oh, yeah, Bruce Wayne used to run Wayne Enterprises, but he went crazy and he's a bat now. Well, that's the thing is, like, out of all the superheroes who need a secret identity, Batman's at, like, the bottom of the list. He, Bruce Wayne, he doesn't have to be Bruce Wayne. Somebody else runs that dude's company. Why Why is he Bruce Wayne? He doesn't have to be. He doesn't he could, do anything as Bruce Wayne. Right. He can no, just be Batman. I think he's just, like, the face of the company, but... Does it really need it? Does it have to be him? Right. It, you know but that's I mean? like Lucius Fox Lu- is yeah, running yeah. it. I was just it's like say that. every other superhero except like the Fantastic Four uh, have secret identities and they have like characters they interact with. Batman's supporting casts are all people that Batman interacts with. Bruce Wayne doesn't have a supporting cast. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, Alfred is the closest, but Alfred. Right. Goes but Alfred both. helps Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like Peter Parker has like the Daily Bugle and his yeah. Aunt May and this whole like larger family. Batman, it's like Catwoman and Seven Robins. You know, it's like all people that know well, he's Batman. Catwoman's main love interests have been super villains that know he's Batman. Right. right. So it's like I think Batman's the one they could just do away with the secret identity. It's kind of like why hasn't this? Been well, right, yet? because he's really Batman. He isn't Bruce Wayne. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, we're Batman, like Bruce Wayne's the mask. Other people are more integrated. Like they're both Peter Parker and Spider Man. Right. Yeah. Well, I think for Batman, the protection of a secret identity is not his friends, which is as you said, like Spider Man and everybody else's. Mm-hmm. It's just to keep him even more separated from villains. So, so you. So it's like another protective layer. Yeah, because I, I, I think the problem there would be everyone knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. The police are okay with it. He stops showing up at the office. Everything's normal. Joker figures out he's Bruce Wayne. Blows up the mansion. Wayne, yeah, just Dead, sh- stop living in the mansion, bro. Go live in a cave somewhere else. He used to live in the skyscraper with the cave underneath. He does right. live in a cave. 
But they, he could just go live in a secret place. Yeah, so he'd have know? he'd have to abandon. Oh no, the house there. that he spent so much time in. <laughs> yeah, that house has been there for a hundred years and it's blown up five times. Right, right, all under his watch. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Thomas Wayne wasn't blowing up his house, you know? You know what? Villains know he's Bruce Wayne. That happens every week. Well, I think it, the hard part is, like, I'm I'm reading... Right now, I'm reading Batman and Detective. Um, and not really invested in either at the moment. But I feel like it's... He's a character that's kind of remained relatively stable and constant throughout time. So it seems like it's harder for people to write interesting stories that kind of further develop Batman's character because there really haven't been any major changes. And every time they approach it where I get invested, like, oh, they're going to do something, they're going to change it, they back off of it. Yeah. So I was, like, super excited when they were going to do, like, the actual wedding between him and Catwoman because that would open up, like, a huge array of stuff that you can do, right? So how does his relationship affect him being Batman? And, and does he feel more vulnerable because now he's married to Catwoman? And how does that change, like... Do all, uh, other people know that they're together? Like, in the villains, you know, do they know that Batman married Catwoman? Right. Like, you could have done so much more. Or does Bruce and Wayne get they back to off Selena of it. Kyle? And then right. do they put two and two together? It's like, there's a lot. That's, and, like, yeah. the idea that, like, he would be happy he'd no longer be Batman. Like, I thought that was kind of flimsy reasoning. Like, okay, I get it to a point, but it's like... It would be much more finessed, so a talented writer could do more with Batman, and you could see some change, right? And so I think I get bored with Batman stories because they're not evolving, and they're right. they're coming up with like Leviathan or whatever, and I'm supposed to be interested in that guy. Like that doesn't appeal to me yeah. as like a female reader of comic books. See, I really like Tom King's run, and it's I clearly, liked a lot of them. It's clearly not over. The last few issues have been. Back to the Batman Catwoman relationship, and uh, his run is ending in like five, seven issues, ending at eighty five. But they're spinning the rest of his run off into a story called Batman Catwoman. So who knows? Because it's obviously been a thread of like the wedding. The wedding was really mishandled by marketing, and then there was that Nightmares arc that went on too long. It was like, right. It was like eight issues of dreams. Yeah, which but. Is- <laughs> But seven it, issues too long. Yeah, then <laughs> right. it came back to City of Bane, and it's been pretty strong. But he's been saying all along, and I'm starting to see that now, is that uh, the wedding is almost like in a romantic comedy where they get together and then they break up. Right, And right. then at the end, they get back together. And I think the wedding is the breakup. Yes. So That makes sense. So I, I am very curious to see where it's going. But I think to your point... Also, when Tom King's run is over, is Catwoman going to be married to Batman? I doubt it. Yeah, like I, doubt I think it. Yeah. I think the resolution of that story is something that goes back to the status quo, because Batman, as we just said with the secret identity, he's not somebody that has a complicated life. Right. It's Batman's all about atmosphere. Really, is it's always like you show Bruce Wayne so you can see where he is when he turns into Batman and then he's Batman the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, and so when Batman's ordinary, which a lot of it is right now, it's, it's procedural. It's like this villain attacked. They have this MO up. Oh, Bruce Wayne turns into Batman and then follows the crime, does detective work, gets into fights, yep. gets into a trap, gets out of the trap. And those are all the formulas of it. Whereas Spider-Man when major things happen in his life, it's incorporated. Like he marries Mary Jane. He was married to Mary Jane for like 15, 20 years. And then he's like, he's separated from Mary Jane. And we play that for a while. Now he's back with Mary Jane. And still it's not realistic and it's cyclical. Right. But then you have stories where it's like, oh, Peter's fighting the scorpion and he's married to Mary Jane. How does that shape the way he's feeling? Yeah. You don't get that. Because I guess my thought is like, why? And I don't have an answer to this, but um, I, it's why do why can't a superhero be married and stay together? Like, why do they have to break up like Spider-Man and Mary Jane only to bring them back together again? Right. Like, so I get bored with it. Like, make up your mind, guys. Like, well, what like- is? And I think part of it might be 
I'm going to go down a wormhole. But <laughs> my thought is like, it, it's interesting because the most common writers tend to be men. And then they write to like relationship status. So like we do have superheroes that get married, but then they always break it off. I'm like, what does, what do these male writers think changes at such a deep level that you can't leave a character in a stable relationship? Like I get the stress of the job and everything, but you also have like Superman and Lois Lane or like why, I don't know. I, I just, I'm getting bored with the cycle. Yeah. So I'm like do something different. Like don't, why lead up to something only to break it apart? I think like, it's the, it's it's not so much that these writers don't want to push stuff like that. I think it's more of like the company being like the, the you executives have to put the making toys the back in the toy boxes. You found them. That's why it's okay. like it took them forever to give. Uh, like Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman get married pretty early in the yeah. FF. Stanley and Jack Kirby do it right, and they've been married for decades, yeah, they, and they're right? the one couple you can point to. They right. broke them yeah. up a bunch of times, sure, but it's but like for the most part they're married. They have <coughs> it's two kids, stable, but then they right. have kids, and that's another big hurdle. Is that like they do the marriage? Spider Man got married. Batman maybe is gonna get married. It's like FF Superman, got Superman. But yeah. Superman got married, but like. And then now Superman had a kid too. So they've right. had a kid for a couple years now and that kid's grown grown up. And that's another idea is this, you know, having a kid getting married, it's like because it ages the character yeah. and they're very much into, oh no, Spider-Man always ha you you always have to have Spider-Man. They're preserving it for the next generation, which is uh I understand the logic there is that you want okay. Spider-Man to be the same for every generation that's going to come and read him the problem then is you're right is that it's like you do kind of get bored with this stuff you know what i mean it, it does yeah. get hard to do new things well, and that is... was the that was the original formula was you read this for three or four years you get bored with it you stop reading it right and there but was then... an, there were other kids that would come in but yeah. the whole industry changed thanks to people like us who were like oh i don't want to leave i, I don't want to leave at all and then then writers come in who are like, oh, well, then here's an adult version of this character. Right. And you're like, oh, my God, I love the adult version of this character. I am never, ever leaving. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, so it's the trick is like, what do you do then? You know, Fantastic Four is really the book I can point to where it's like they got married. They had a kid. That kid was four for decades. Yeah. The kid right. grew up. They had a second kid. That kid grew up. Both their kids are teenagers, and they've made the Fantastic Four like slightly older. Like Reed's got like an old beard. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like so they're and it's still working. I and think. it works. Yeah. I think it's great because it's like it, that book works as like a family book. Um, but it's like Spider Man got married. They they talked about him having a kid. Then they the devil took it away or whatever brand new day was. It's like right. there's just a lot of nonsense. First Norman Osborn stole it. Right, yeah. right. But my thought is, okay, if if you were really Bruce Wayne, right, all this trauma, um, all the abandonment, attachment issues, you get married to Catwoman, why would the writers give them a kid? Neither of them want kids. Well, they don't have to have You know a what kid. I mean? So it's, it's like they could do more with that. Yeah. And, and they would be k kind of geared towards the millennial generation who are not having a lot of kids as previous generations. Right. So there's a lag in kind of how millennials are going through the world where they're getting married at later ages. They're not having kids as like as frequently. So like the birth rate is a little bit Stunting. lower. Yeah. And so it's like, why not play around with that if like that is kind of the main demographic who's now coming into money and can spend more on comics. Like that would be something different that hasn't been done before. So it's like, you know, if the character is 80, like, you know, you're always going to do like a reboot and he make him younger. He six Robins. So we've, right, we've he has seen kids. Batman as a father figure right. yeah. all well, the time. That's actually a really good point. Lisa's making his 80 year character. DC hits the reset button every five years. Yes. They right. could do anything they want. Marvel's the one that's like, oh no, it's the same continuity going back to the first human torch. I think that's like, what they're doing with Superman. It's like, oh, he's married to Lois and he has a kid and the kid's like nine. Right. I'm like, how long is this kid going to last? Because eventually. He's a teenager now. You know what they did with him? And spoiler. They, they referenced it. him well, in Lois Lane. He's Superboy, but they just punted him into the Legion of Superheroes. They're doing. There you go. They're bringing the Legion of Superheroes back, and they show up in like the last issue of Superman, and they're like, "Um, come with us to the future." And he's like, "Cool." 
And they're just going to get rid of him that way. They'll put him in the Legion. He'll live in the 31st century. And then that'll be, that'll be it. That'll be it. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And that, that's a horrifying trope for me is always the, the abandoned child. Oh, I know. In, right. Uh, in comics where it's like, oh, we have this kid. We don't know what to do with this kid. Uh, yeah. Let's let our readers decide and beat him with a crowbar. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cable's one of my favorites was like, uh, it's oh, like yeah. baby. Uh, we don't know what to do with Cyclops' baby because we've abandoned him five years ago. Oh, let's make him deathly ill and then we'll send him in the future so we never ever see him again. Oh, yeah, and by the way, he's this badass character who we have who time travels. Right. Because there was no, when they introduced Cable, he was not Cyclops' son at all. That was clearly like, we don't have an origin for this guy and we need to get rid of this baby. Boop. <laughs> but that's, but the thing is, when characters age, they become more settled and the more settled a character becomes, the less drama they have in their lives. Right. And, you know, I have uh, tons of stress, but I have way less drama in my life than I did when I was in my twenties. And um, my body doesn't work as well as it did sure. when I was in my twenties. So I'm not going to run and jump across the rooftops and fight people. Uh, my twenties, there were times I would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's the problem. And with superheroes, you're, you want them to identify with the superhero. One of the complaints against Robin was, why would I identify with Batman's sidekick? What I don't want to be Batman's sidekick. I want to be Batman. So the further a character moves on in their life, the less they remind you of you, the more they remind you of your dad. You know, okay. Because like, like Superman, it's very hard for me to not think of Superman as a dad character. Like I've never identified with Superman. I think that's the problem but batman i identify with batman all the time if i'm in a bad mood i completely identify with batman sure sure you know it's like i want to be alone in a cave then stand on a rooftop rude yeah (laughs) then beat someone half to death well given kind of where where things are i'm wondering what do you guys think would be something that hasn't been done with batman like is there like a story that hasn't been told or some kind of like I think it's the point we were saying before. What if Batman had no secret identity? Yeah, okay. I think that would That's be the never, big one. It's never been done where, you know, Grant Morrison played with it a little bit where in Batman Incorporated, um, Bruce Wayne said, hey, I run Batman Incorporated and I help Batman and I build all this stuff for But him. I'm not Batman. And I'm part of right. the Batman organ. Yeah, he basically told everyone he was Alfred. Right, right. But that's as close as we've ever come. Like... I think they've done like the Elseworld type stories where he doesn't have a secret identity. Like uh, Bruce Tim did an episode about this where Barbara Gordon gets killed. They find out she's Batgirl and then they figure out that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. And it falls apart immediately. Right. Like the next scene, Gordon is storming like Wayne, Wayne Manor, Manor to arrest like, him. Yeah, hundreds of SWAT guys. It's a fantastic episode. And then, yeah. the spoiler, it's a dream because how do we put the toys back in the box after that? Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, like, I think they should and could do a story. You know, like I said, especially DC Marvel, I get it's, like, a little harder because they, they try to maintain the singular continuity. DC reboots constantly. So it's, like, they're ripe for right. this kind of idea of, like, I yeah. Mean, they can do literally whatever they want because right. they'll just put it back together. Because, yeah. like, it seems like reading Batman now, it's either here's this new villain and here's why you should like him. And most of the time it doesn't connect with me as, like, a female reader and I'm, I don't like the new... I can't think of the last character I was interested in. Like, Hush. I was, like, interested in Hush as a new villain. But I don't know that there's anybody I'm interested in. So it's like they're driving it and the story's predicated on, here's this new villain and he's badass and let me tell you why. And that's kind of like it. Or it's it could be kind of the old detective formula um, so I still will read that book because I like mysteries, but it's like, I'll, I'll read like a crime drama, but there's the central like arc of any Batman book is not Batman anymore. Yeah. Like it's nothing about Batman. It's well, everything around what, him. That's what Tom King's was trying to do. And that's yeah. why I find his run refreshing is it's about Bruce Wayne and how he feels and how he reacts. And we hadn't seen that in like 20 years. Yeah. There are some like really good issues kind of in there yeah. that I, I really love the double date. Issue. Oh yeah, with Lois Lane. I thought it was hysterical. Really fun. Well, I think that's a big thing. Is like I was never a big Batman fan because it's like there's nothing really to Batman. 
Do you know right. what I mean? Like, I know who Peter Parker is. I know who Matt Murdock is, Reed Richards. A lot of the Marvel characters, they're, it was character first, right? It was who's the guy behind the mask. Yeah. You know, some of the other characters are a little dry. Like, Tony Stark was pretty dry until Robert Downey Jr. came along. And, like, Captain America sometimes is pretty dry. But it's like, Batman never really, like, I don't know who Batman is. He's just, like, he's you more don't... the costume and the look and the the mythology than he's he in pain That's yeah he but he has no personality like if right, you there's no personality like i think it's easy to look at who's playing peter parker and like oh yeah that is a good guy to play peter parker because it's young earnest genuine um slightly anxious dorky dorky and, and a good sense of humor and a big caring heart like you can list character traits of spider-man yeah i can't really do that for batman oh i can do that for batman the um you know brooding intense focused keeps people detail oriented detail oriented keeps people at arm's length somewhat paranoid about them you know has a family but denies it's a family um is constantly mission first and pushing everything else away including his emotional drama um i think that's a that's a pretty clear character in, in terms of comics uh what i don't have is uh, a way to describe bruce wayne right but, but right. then that's been the whole bruce wayne is the mask and batman's the real character however one of the things i love about batman uh is that you can do him any way you want you know like uh on i can stop doing this podcast watch an episode of adam west then watch the dark knight then watch batman the animated series and they're all going to be completely different right but they're all going to work. Yeah, I think... Because, like, Adam West is not brooding, intense, detail-oriented. Right. You know... He's not uh, but he is mission-driven. Pushing his pain away, but... Yeah. But he's a family man. He's he's very close to Robin. He takes his... He takes his pace. Like, he's not he's not intense. Mm-mm. You know? But uh, that's, that's something that's... But he's that's, still Batman. They don't... You can't really say that about a lot of other characters is there's... Uh, you put Batman on the moon with the Justice League and the Watchtower, and it works. You know, you put right. Batman. I'm reading that Batman Universe book where oh, he's yeah. like thrown into the past with like Green Lantern, and it's like, yeah, this works. You put Spider Man in space. They did this with the Avengers. He'd be freaking out. It's like, weird. oh my god, this is so cool. Like, I think the way the character would behave in that setting would be different, right? But because it's like I the think same they're thing. It's like- a well rounded. I don't really want to see Daredevil anywhere other than Hell's Kitchen. You know what I mean? Uh, They put him in San Francisco every couple years, and it's like it kind of works, you know? But it's like he's still an urban superhero. It's like Luke Cage isn't going to leave New York. You know what I mean? It's like I don't want to see Iron Man fighting muggers in an alley. Right. Yeah. Same token. Because you have to match like their. You have to match their level, right? Right. So Iron Man is too powerful to take down a mugger on the street. Like it's, it's like that excessive. should be the street. It's like yeah. take it easy, right? <laughs> you know. Right. But with Batman, Batman doesn't have a ceiling, right? Because it's always right. like when you really stretch him, he's like, "Well, I built the thing that does this that we need for the story." Right? Yeah. Like, like wait, you Batman ha- could stop a purse snatcher and then go fight Darkseid. Yeah. Do you know? And he has, and it works both ways. It's like, you're right, Iron Man, I don't really want to see, like, Quasar flying around New York fighting crime. It's I like, don't want to no, see Quasar. Go, well, I like yeah. Quasar. But it's like, go fight the space lizard. You know what I mean? It's like, there's there's w- places they fit and places they don't, you know? Yeah, and, and in terms of tone, you can really play with that tone if you go... If if you go through the ages, and um, it's the thing that I think keeps me in comics is is Batman has been a completely different character for each generation, and I find that fascinating. Where they just go, well, this guy drops dresses up as a bat and fights crime, and the way he does it is this, and it connects with a generation. And then twenty thirty years later, like yeah, he dresses up as a bat and he fights crime, and he does it in this different way. And then the next generation goes, yeah, that's the one. Like mm-hmm. nobody has ever thought of Batman as old fashioned. No, in, in my mind, it's uh, he's he gets more or less popular, you know, uh, as the ages come and go. I mean, we still have a Batman day, um, but is Batman as popular as Spider Man right now? I don't know. We've just had an Oscar winning Spider Man movie. I a video game that's as good as any of Batman's video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had. People are still going berserk because they don't know what movie studio is going to control the next Spider-Man movie. Did you hear um, 
Uh, speaking of the movie studio thing, is that uh, the reason uh, they think the talks broke down is because Apple is talking about buying Sony. Have you heard this? I have heard every crazy rumor about this. Um, I'm starting, I've seen so many crazy rumors that I'm starting to identify the sites that are just putting out crazy rumors. Yeah. Where I'm like, and I don't follow any of those sites, but somebody else did. And I'm like, I'm like, wait, that sounds earth shaking. Oh, it's from this website. And then you never hear from it again. Because I heard a rumor that Sony wanted $30 billion for Spider-Man. That's excessive. It's like they, they paid four for Marvel. This is right. not true. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, we'll, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen with Spider-Man, and uh, I'd rather stay on Batman, but... Uh, yeah, Spider-Man's kind of a mess. Yeah, but <laughs> Batman, you can usually trust. I mean, this Joker movie looks really disturbing and weird and crazy, and they're saying it's on track to make $80 million opening weekend. That's crazy. They said it's probably going to beat Venom, and it does not look like a blockbuster movie in no. any way. It looks like an anti-blockbuster. It's... it's um, Todd Phillips has clearly said it's an homage to like the 70s Scorsese movies. Oh, you could definitely see that. Like, so, yeah. We've talked about this maybe on the show before, but somebody posted online they're like, uh, the people that are going to love that Joker movie are the sons of the dads who misunderstood Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, uh, the, my only problem with it is like, I'm all about these kind of movies, but it's like, um, is that it's just like, it's another like, ah, I'm an emo white guy and I'm sad because the world doesn't understand me and now I'm going to go be super violent. And it's like, do you really need that kind of messaging well, out in the world right exactly. now? Exactly. And that I think well, I saw the trailer and I was like, I'm not interested in this at all. I'm like completely disconnected. I'm curious because I think it's going to be well done. I do not agree with any of these uh articles and i've seen them too it's like what kind of message are we sending and i was like with the joker we're sending the message don't be, don't the, be joker. the joker <laughs> <laughs> just because we don't have batman in it beating up the joker doesn't mean we're supposed to be like yay the joker right everyone who loves heath ledger's joker which is pretty much everyone and dresses up a as Halloween, I don't think anyone them are living their life in they're, that mob. Yeah, they're not like, uh, <laughs> do I don't hang out these scars? Yeah. <laughs> they're putting on a role the, the same way somebody would wear a vampire costume. Right. Or zombie. Right. He's a monster. And I think this movie is a this movie is like a dramatic horror movie. Yeah. So I I call bullshit on on anyone that says like Oh, we were supposed to care about the plight of white men. No, he's going to murder everybody. Yeah, we're right. not I supposed to care about. In I fact, agree that's with relevant that because we don't. We're we try so hard not to get into the heads of people that create these mass shootings. Right, and it's part of ignoring the mass shooting. And we and we say, oh, we don't want to make these people famous, but we're also not profiling enough where we can see the warning signs. The warning right. signs we see are a guy walking into the public space with a gun. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's positive if, like, if like there's warning signs for years. And Lisa, this is stuff you deal with every day. Yeah, I think too. There's a point in between, like what you guys are both saying. So I think the problem is I don't know that they're glorifying or condoning that type of action, but I do think that disenfranchised white men are going to identify with that character, and I think that's why it's going to make. $80 million because I saw that trailer and I thought there's nothing in this for me. Like it, I, I hate that it's the Joker because I think the Joker's supposed to be more fantastical. Like, oh, and this is a stripped down. It's stripped down. Yeah. So he's going to be more relatable to kind of white men who feel left behind or disenfranchised or whatever. And so I think that's the danger of it. I think I would not be surprised if that movie comes out and we do see like a spike in like mass shootings and, you know, not necessarily they're going to do exactly what the character does. I don't know how we could recognize a spike in mass shootings. I know. It's like one twice a week now. But I think that's the demographic that is going to kind of this this movie's going to appeal to. Like, I don't think it's going to speak very well to people of color. Um, it's not going to hit the female demographic, uh, you know, unless maybe they voted for Trump. But I'm well, it's like, like the same thing with Venom, right? It's like who went and saw Venom? All the guys who were like, "Oh, dude, they should make a Venom movie." You know, well, that, that was guy? like so toxic masculinity because I think Venom is like 
you know, he's like a muscly Spider-Man. I would say the smell in the theater we saw it in was toxic. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah. so I, I have mixed feelings. Like, I do like the Joker as a character, and but I think like they're make he's stripped down so he's more realistic. Yeah, and I think this was supposed to be a small film, but it's been building up and up and up. And yeah, it's been doing really well at the festivals. So I think people are like, okay, we have a really interesting film. And but I'm fine letting it be a one off. The other bullshit is when they say like, oh, so Joaquin Phoenix will fight Robert Pattinson. That's not going to happen. This I think, thing yeah, is designed he, to yeah, be alone, like self contained. Yeah, yeah. Well, they said it yeah. in 1981. You know, like, oh, then are all Batman movies going to take place in the 80s? If yes, sign me up, because that's when I started reading Batman. But <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, uh, uh, I, I think it's like people, everyone's trying to write about comic book related things because it's so like hot or it's whatever. now its own genre right and yeah. i think it's like uh people writing articles like that are people who are like oh what's this comic book thing about like they have no clue what they're talking about because i think anyone who's like even remotely paying attention has to be like well robert pence is going to be in its own thing and this isn't going to be right those two aren't ever yeah you're right it's they're like never going to be the on dc movie universe reboots itself every five years right yeah and that doesn't usually trickle back into the comics where i feel like marvel's does you know, because like there's, you know, they kind of take cues from what works in the movies and then bring it into the comics. So like Tony Stark now is drawn like Robert Downey Jr. and has more Robert Downey Jr.'s personality infused yeah. in it. And then you have like Nick Fury, who's black and, you know, things like that. So there's not that connection or that thoughtfulness when it comes to DC. Yeah, no, DC's every man for himself. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you pick up one Batman book and it's totally different from the next Batman book. Mm-hmm. You know, right now there's a White Knight sequel next to like Snyder and Capullo in doing Batman in the Apocalypse. Right. And in Batman yeah. Universe, Brian Michael Bendis has him f- fighting dinosaurs. I had a conversation with somebody um, where I, uh, I met up with him right as I left the comic store and I had like two Batman comics and... Uh, and she noticed that like Batman was riding a horse. She's like, "Oh, what, what's going on there?" And I was like, "Oh, well, he's in the desert and he's fighting mm-hmm. these guys." And she goes, and then she pointed the detective, and she's like, "What's he doing there?" I'm like, "He's fighting Mister Freeze in the city." And she's like, "Well, which one comes first? I'm like, "They're both happening at the same time." Yeah, <laughs> and it's this you come to accept it. That's the thing that used to drive me crazy as a kid was like, oh, well, when did this happen? Well, okay, this is Tuesday. Yeah. Is this Thursday? And then eventually, you're just like. It's just stories. They're just stories. Right. And they decide which one has ramifications and which one doesn't. And that's why you never know what book is going to be worth money someday. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's like tricky because if they're trying to get young readers, like young readers, they're they're concrete. So like I think kids are definitely going to have trouble like with that concept. But mm-hmm. as they age, they'll figure it out, you know. Well, look at the um, – at San Diego – DC Collectibles announced their 100th Batman black and white statue. And it's uh, Todd McFarlane based on the famous Todd McFarlane cover where he's like holding a a girl and they've taken the girl out of statue. So it's just him with the cape. But that's a hundred different versions of Batman. And yeah, some of them have been Jokers and Robins and Nightwings and Catwomans and Harleys, but not a lot of them. Maybe 15 of them have been different characters in Batman, which means we're dealing with at least 85 different versions of Batman. Mm -hmm. So DC's realized that's their strength is like there are 31 flavors of Batman now. Yeah, that's a good point. Like they're not they're not doing chocolate vanilla because and but honestly, like what else does DC really have besides Batman? You have Superman, who's their Mickey Mouse, Mm -hmm. and which means that's their corporate identity and they don't do that much with them. Yeah, I was like, going to say I never I feel like I very rarely see a lot of merch with that's like Superman related. Yeah, yeah it's besides behind, like but it's, but it's apparel and like yeah, backpacks right. and stuff, right? It's like And that's usually geared towards little ones. They get yeah. a lot out of the S shield, but usually yes. it's like Batman. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whenever they do a line of merchandise, no matter what it is, apparel, action figures, um DVDs, it's always here's Batman and then they have once you have Batman, you have two roads you can open. And then you either open the road of like, and Robin and all of his villains. And then you can get like, you can go down like 20, 30 characters before you start to. Uh, kite man. Yeah. <laughs> before you get kite man that people don't pay for. 
or you open the other door where it's Justice League. Yeah. And and that and that's when you get the DC universe because when you open that Justice League door, it's like, oh, and Superman and Flash, Wonder Woman Wonder and Green Woman. Lantern yeah. and The Flash. And then usually no villains. Uh, Harley's in both doors now mm-hmm. because she's risen that high in popularity. But it always comes back to Batman because he may not be the most recognizable. Superman might still be more recognizable in Batman, but Batman's the one everybody loves. Right. I think to your point, like the 31 flavors of Batman, that's that seems to work because no matter what age you are, there's there's a Batman that speaks to your generation. And like when you jumped on Batman as a character, regardless of if it was like film, comic books, DVDs, like whatever your kind of entry point was. And then if you go beyond that, you'll find another iteration of Batman that you also like. So like, I don't remember reading Neil Adams Batman as a kid, but we had all the action figures that were based off like the blue and the gray. Superpowers for powers, yeah. yeah. And so we had like, I liked that color palette, but I never read that. Yeah. You know, but that character style appealed to me. And then, you know, ours was like, it was the, you know, the 89 film was probably our biggest entry. Oh, well, we watched the 60s TV show. Like, it was in syndication. It was or all the time. Oh, right. we watched it all but the time. But then there was also, like, Super Friends, and that's very much, I think, like, how I thought of, like, I mean, I still think of, like, Batman and the Justice League as, like, to me, it's, like, Super Friends. They're not the silliness, but the the classic the Alex Toth design yeah the Alex Toth the, design costumes it's and then like, in, in the comics at that point it's and then it just goes Garcia back Lopez. to right which we've talked a lot about yeah which by the way that's that uh, change.org petition is yeah. doing pretty well it's like Dan Dito commented gold. on it yeah I, uh, I signed it if you can find it um, there is a petition for DC to release the early 80s style guide of all the DC characters because it's all Jose Luis Garcia Lopez artwork it's him Ooh. drawing every single character in several poses. Basically, if you ever had a pillowcase in the eighties, yeah, oh you my have gosh. that artwork. It's all the yeah. Uh, all I the forgot about all, of them. all the artwork on um, like Six Flags had a lot of artwork of his up for yeah. like the Batman ride, the Superman yeah. ride. It's like on every cup. It's well, I just all the tune tumblers. All I just have that posted artwork. a picture. I built these shelves to rearrange my guitar cases, and so I pulled out my old guitar that case that I got in 89 it was like my first guitar in high school and somebody commented like nice Batman sticker and I'm like I noticed that at the show yeah. last night I was gonna say something and yeah. I was uh, and I said yeah that's an original 89 and it's a Jose Luis Garcia Lopez because I went into a, a Walgreens and bought it for two bucks and stuck it on my guitar case but that it's funny because my the question I was going to use to um, wrap up the show I think we've all just answered of like of there's so many Batmans and so many of them are great what's your core Batman and it feels like we've all kind of said the Bronze Age Batman because mm-hmm. I I was the same way I grew up with Adam West and Super Friends which was like the safe yeah. blue gray Batman and then when I discovered the when I discovered the actual comics it was still in that Neil Adams. Like Neil Adams wasn't drawing Batman anymore, but everybody else was drawing his like Batman. Like him, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, you know, Jim Aparo, Irv Novick, uh, uh, Rich Buckler, like all, all of these guys that had taken, uh, Don Newton, Gene Colan, like all these guys that are really, really, really good were all drawing Neil Adams' version of Batman. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, it was easy to make that transition. I'm like, oh, he's a super friends Batman, but he's got more muscles. And... And he stayed that Batman until Nightfall. He's that Batman until the 90s. Yeah, and I think that's when when we, uh, we had obviously seen the Batman 89, so he's on all black. And to me, that was mm-hmm. like, well, that's a realistic, this Batman in real life. But then when we started reading comics, um, we had Batman the Animated Series, which, again, is very Neil Adams-esque. You know, it's it's a darker, but it's like... And much more got simplistic. The, right, but it's the all the... All the um, uh, well, I don't know, the right pieces are there. The yellow belt, the yellow oval, the blue cape with the gray suit. It's like that was kind of like how I thought of Batman. And I remember, and this happened with Marvel stuff too. I was reading comics in you know, the 90s and Batman was wearing an all-black costume 
Yeah, after the Tim Burton, right after right. the Tim Burton movies, and I always remember being like, "All right, well, it's Batman, but it's like he, I, I just, I never liked that look." And the, then I had there like was a, a modern change. look, yeah. So okay, so it was when he came back from Nightfall after uh, Dick Grayson had been Robin, when he fully yeah. came back, and Kelly Jones was drawing, Kelly Jones was drawing Batman, and Graham Nolan was drawing Detective. Uh, that's when he. It was basically the same exact Batman. He just wasn't blue and gray. It was just all black. Right. Yeah. And that it, remained until No Man's Land. And No Man's Land is um, where he started wearing the pouches and the gray. Mm-hmm. And then in 2000 is when they ditched the yellow oval, which I still miss. Yeah. I, like, I think like, because I'm looking at, John's got this mug. It's like a timeline of Batmans. And I realized like looking at the Neil Adams one, he's actually smiling. Like, yeah. And yeah. so I feel like my core Batman is somewhere in between like the 80s and 90s. So I don't, I think what is happening is kind of like, um, I don't know, it's it's preventing me to access Batman the same way today as I did previously, mm-hmm. is like now everyone does like the hyper-masculine, like dark brooding Batman, like the yeah. Christian Bale Batman, yeah. and mine is lighter. So I think Michael Keaton is brooding, but he wasn't as like hyper-masculine as they made like Christian Bale. Right. That's the turnoff for me as like a female is I don't need you to sound like that. Like, okay, I get that that would be intimidating for like purposes of like catching Inter- the villain yeah, or, t- or whatever. Yeah, like I get that, but it's like mine is more the gray and white and occasional smile. Yeah, like I think the thing, a yeah, little like bit more. The occasional smile is the big thing. It's like a it, smirk because it's not Adam West. It's right. not Michael Keaton smirked in the Batman. Yeah, movie. it's that yeah. little like I don't want to smile, but yeah, it's a good one. I actually, exactly. I think what it, it makes it more human for yeah. me is yeah. the, it's um, like brave and the bold. The yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. The yeah. aspect that's missing from modern Batman that I don't, uh, that I that I that I don't like that it's missing is um, there's a swashbuckling nature to Batman, mm-hmm. and Neil Adams had it. It was on it's Super this Friends. Yeah, yeah, there was like big this big swooping like, cape when he jumps. It's yeah. a Douglas Fairbanks. Yeah, kind junior kind yeah. of thing. Zorro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like Zorro, yeah. and it's something. It's the same thing. I didn't notice. I was. I didn't notice. I was missing it because I didn't care about Daredevil. Uh, I started reading Daredevil when Bendis started on Daredevil, and it was not a swashbuckling book. And you know, after hard, Daredevil, hard-boiled crime, right? Drama. It was like yeah. a crime book, and then Brubaker did a lot of the same stuff, and I really liked that. But then when Mark Wade came out of Daredevil, he injected it with more of this. He like, put it back in, yeah, and it the was like was oh, back. this like missing element. It was like this like puzzle piece I didn't know I needed. Right, and that was uh, the interesting thing about that is everybody's been doing Frank Miller and Daredevil yes. since. Frank Miller did it. Mm-hmm. Mark Wade was the first guy to go, I'm doing Stan Lee. Right. Yeah. Because those early yeah. issues with like Wally yes. Wood and John Romita, that's what they look like. And uh, I'm not a big Daredevil fan, but I bought the first two Masterworks because I wanted that John Romita Daredevil. Yeah. And then, of course, that didn't last because Stan's like, oh, you're doing a really good happy swinging hero around? Let's put you on Spider-Man. Ditko just quit. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I think that's that's it. Like, it doesn't have to be a happy like colorful palette like right. Batman in the 60s yeah. but I like a little bit of that because who wants to read a book that's dark and depressing all the time like yeah it's heavy it is in in today's world like I I can't I can't maintain that like I need to be able to function and so I can't have something that's as dark as what the outside world is and so actually, I like Wade as yeah. a writer, yeah. when he was on, I love that run of Daredevil because yeah. he does maintain some of the darkness, some of the hardship. Right. But you see the character kind of coping with some humor or acknowledging when like someone else is humorous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. That's, I think, why my favorite Batman book right now, I am reading the Tom King Batman. I have really enjoyed that run. But it's like that Batman universe book is so fun. It's, it's brave just, and the bold. It's brave and the bold, and it's like the art's great. It's like classic versions of the characters, and it's swashbuckling. He's mm-hmm. running around. He's stopping a bank robbery. Then they go to an island with dinosaurs. He's chasing gorillas around Gorilla City. It's like <laughs> this is the this is the book I want it to be. I'll be on that book as long as uh, it maintains that. You know. Yeah, and but that's why Tom King's run is my favorite right now. Is is Tom King's the one that's put love back in Batman. Yes. Where yeah. it's not just the Catwoman-Batman relationship, but the way he deals with Nightwing. There's that story. The interpersonal relationships yeah. with the characters. And the little quiet on. moments, which is what makes mm-hmm. Mr. Miracle such a brilliant book. 
But there's there's that one story which I hated because it was kicking off this run of Nightwing, which didn't work at all. Or like where he lost his memory. He lost his memory. He shaved his head. He got shot in the back of the head. And then editorial decided, oh, it'll happen in Batman. And then uh, I had no idea about this. I haven't read Nightwing in six, seven years. Yeah, it hasn't been good. Yeah, I like Nightwing, but it's got to be great. And honestly, uh, ever since Chuck Dixon and Scott McDaniel, I don't think anybody's done it really, really right. Yeah, I know Gail Simone's trying to get Devin Graceland or Grayson back. back. Yeah, Yeah. and her and I didn't like as much. She did like a one book like issue, and it it didn't connect. Yeah, and Nightwing's such a fun character that you want that book to be fun. But that story, like, was like we're gonna go darker and harder, and he's not gonna be Dick Grayson. I was like. Yeah, I, then you're just making him Batman. Yeah, and he's not like, Dick. That's not who he I is. I hated where it went, but the story where it happened, Tom King brought so much humanity to it that at the end of that issue where he shot, and honestly, I think they've undone this piece of continuity already. Of course. But like when he gets shot, it's devastating because he's built the relationship. Yeah. For the and of course, since I'm not, and since Nightwing's not really on my radar, I'm not like, oh yeah, they have to do this so Nightwing can do this. Like I'm like, what did they, they just? killed nightwing um and you get that fear mm-hmm. in batman's heart and i agree ever since i think post no man's land they've hardened him and hardened him and hardened him and hardened him to the point where he's a rock and i have not enjoyed it as much and then there since 2000 there have been moments i really liked where hush i loved i was like oh they put, yeah like visually they put the blue back in batman uh, you know, they made Gotham City like wild and crazy. And I think the reason I, I always say Batman and Spider-Man are my favorite characters and I have a lot of reasons is they have the best villains. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with Batman being t- tight and dark and black and unremotional. If the villains are going crazy around him in contrast. To balance it out, yeah. That's Batman the Animated Series is like that. Yeah. Like, Every now and then Batman smiles on Batman the Animated Series, but not much. But the villains are so over the mm-hmm. top yeah. that it's the contrast. of And Brave, Brave and the Bold did this beautifully with other superheroes, where Batman is the straight man. Mm-hmm. You know, so, which is fine if the other villain's going like, blah, 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 blah. But when the other villain's also like really dark and stolid. And, yeah. and then we're doing like horror around there. It's like, then he's you're right. up with Aquaman. Who's... It's, it's monochromatic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I do go back to that. Like in the 70s, like like that Batman could be a little harder. I think 90s Batman is my favorite. Um, the Chuck Dixon, Graham Nolan run of Detective. Uh, Kelly Jones doing weird, weird stuff. And then Aparo doing stuff. The big right. crossovers work when they launched Tim Drake in his own book, which was the first Robin book they ever did. Yeah, um, I still love that. I love that whole era. And that's kind of my ground zero. Yeah. Because I was looking at, I was like, oh, it's Dark Knight Returns up. But I was looking at the Batman and Detectives. There's some shaky years mm-hmm. be- in the late 80s where they were just like, uh, witches. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it was like they were throwing topics in a hat and then yeah. just like picking stuff It was stuff like, up. they like Batman be scary. So this is uh, Dr. Jekyll. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can't break Batman. You can have Man Bat in one story and the Riddler in the next story and it works. But- right. But there were a, there was a lot of like voodoo priests and stuff yeah. showing up then. Yeah. But I do react very strongly when I see a blue and gray Batman. Yeah. With the Mezco 112s, which I can't stop recommending. Uh, they've released the perfect Batman. And uh, I've talked about this often, but they're Marvel Legends figures, which then they put the costume over. So you see no joints. So they're really realistic. And I bought every single version of Batman. They did their version of Bob Kane. They did their new 52 uh, but I, they did, uh, they're doing their own Dark Knight, which is coming. They did a Batman Beyond uh, and I bought everything. I bought the Joker, Christopher Gordon, uh, Catwoman. I'm mad that there aren't more of them. Yeah. I'm like, where's my Mezco ventriloquist? Cause <laughs> I will just keep going. Um, they announced a, they announced Batman and Black Mask and it sold out in six minutes. They're doing really well. But when they released the blue and gray Batman and it's not exact, he doesn't have underpants, uh, right. Like it's just gray straight down. It's the exact same mold. It's the exact same costume. They did like mm-hmm. a Michael Keaton version of that all in black. But when I got that blue and gray, I'm like, this is the best toy I'll get all year. Mm-hmm. Like there was, 
there was like a little something wrong with him and I had to spend an hour fixing it because I was like, he has to be perfect. He has to be, and he's probably sold out by now. Right, right. Uh, but that's kind of, I've always wanted the perfect Batman. Like, like where's my superposable blue and gray Batman? Mm-hmm. And they give me superposable black Batmans or hush Batmans, which like dark blue in the bat. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. When I look at that blue and gray, there's the humanity in there. Mm-hmm. And you don't always see that in Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I do miss kind of that representation because it's harder to find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't actually know. I always have this problem with um, all, all comics, essentially, is like, I don't know if you could get it back. I think we're at this point mm-hmm. with like there's this like modern era or whatever where it's like Neil Adams Batman won't really work unless the books are set and like this like alternate right. type. Like of- if they did like Batman 66, but they did like Batman 80 and yeah. like, right. yeah. Well, Neil Adams is doing a Batman book now. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone uh, picked it up? No, because I, I was tried Batman Odyssey and it was insane. You gave me Batman Odyssey. Because it was, it was sta- so crazy. It will stay on my shelf forever. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know the next time I'm going to read it. But you know what? When Batman vs. Rachel Cole comes out as a hardcover, yeah, and I get it. Uh, I have the three good stuff. To, but I think that's a good point. We have, because I, what I thought you were going to say is, oh, we don't have comics for kids anymore. And we don't much, but we have lots of television. Right. I mean, yeah. this Batman stuff for uh, Sebastian's playing with the, I don't know what these are called. Imagine X. Imagine X. Yeah. My son- That's, it's a Neil Adams Batman. He's in a blue and gray suit. And he's yep. got the yellow oval. He's got the blue underwear over his trunks. And you know? they sell really well. This, this is what um, is really going to be lost when Mattel gives DC, the DC license to McFarlane next year is mm. this line of Imagine X. They're, they're like Fisher Price type toys. Yeah. They're... So much fun, and my six-year-old can't stop playing with them, and they're really well-made. And there's a bat cave that's like, it's like two and a half feet tall right here, and it has a waterfall that can split open like Batman Begins, and it has a lighting, uh, a bat signal that lights up. It was like $28. Really? Yeah, because wow. because they can sell it in those numbers. This yeah. cost as much as like a two pack of Marvel Legends. This yeah, cost, that's what I was. I could say. buy four of these bat caves for that one Mezco bat. Right, right. And it's because there's enough parents going to Target, going, "Oh, my son loves Batman. I'll buy him this bat cave." There's not as many people going, "My son loves Batman. I'll give him this six inch multiposable Batman with <laughs> right. a real cloth cape." So Batman still has that popularity, and there's always there's always an animated series. Justice League Action was a was a really fun show that came and went. Teen Titans Go is still one of the biggest hits. We're not seeing it in comics, and then we're getting an R-rated Joker movie. You know, we're, uh, we get the Nolan movies. We get these really dark comics. What we don't have is Batman for someone who's twelve. We have yeah. little kid Batman, yeah. and we have adult Batman. But that's then that's the problem with most comics is like we had had this problem at the store all the time is we had comics for really really young kids, and then we had comics for fifteen and up or fourteen and up or something. There there was this big gap from like you know eight to you know twelve thirteen where it's like I really couldn't give you a modern well, comic. I would say it's even. High, the age is even higher than 15, 16. Like some of this, the content in Batman, I'm like, that's crazy. You're like 17. Well, like, yeah, well, Batman Damned was not for kids whatsoever. Right. And so it's like, bat dick swinging around in that book. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, by the way, God. I bought it on Comixology. They've airbrushed it out. You can tell the panel. I'm like, clearly, this panel is composed to. Send your eye yeah, to the because dick. it's his from his knees up and he's naked. Apparently, Batman as soon as he gets to the Batcave just strips down completely nude and just wanders around the Batcave. <laughs> well, didn't you ever come in after a really hot, sweaty day? No one else is in the house. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, uh, I'm That's not going to have it drawn in the comic book. Then. That's what's. It's just weird. You it's don't like, have a comic book. <laughs> it's weird that they do this thing and they. I was just talking to somebody about this. Uh, I don't know why we were talking about like the animated. Oh, because uh, Superman Red Sun. Oh is getting yeah, made. Yes, he's getting made his movie. And uh, Jason, Jason Isaacs, Isaacs is going to be Superman, which I'm very excited about. Jason Isaacs is the Emperor in the Dark Crystal show right now. Oh, is he? He's really good. Oh. He's great. I'm becoming a Jason Isaacs fan ever since. Him. Oh yeah, I Star- love him. He was amazing in Star Trek Discovery. Uh, b- but we were talking about the animated movies, and somebody asked because they uh really liked Superman Red Sun the comic, and I said, yeah, the movie will probably be pretty good. I said the problem is 
is it's it's like a crapshoot because in a lot of these Batman movies they keep doing this like weird sexual thing where like Harley Quinn ties up Nightwing to a bed in one yeah. of the movies and like fucks him and then Batman and Batgirl fuck on a roof and before I'm the sorry. killing joke yeah any any anyone that's writing Batman and Batgirl hooking up there's something wrong with you Batman yeah. is canonically written as a 33 year old Batgirl is like 19 it's yes. at the it's, oldest yeah it yeah. is super fucked up <laughs> when people are yeah, like it, batman and batgirl should fuck it's like oh it was always nightwing and batgirl yes right because they're the same age you know batman shouldn't be sleeping with a 19 year old it's kid. creepy it's yeah. so creepy and the other thing is like batman hush it was like oh you're gonna do batman hush. you're gonna adapt batman hush well we're just gonna shove it into the new 52 right and it's like what was the point of that like the characters didn't look like jim lee the he puts on the Jim Lee costume halfway through to explain why he's not wearing the new fifty two costume. I'm like, well, just do it. You did it with the killing. Just do joke. it out of continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could go on forever, uh, but we all have work to do on Sunday. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, I tell you what, why don't you let us know who your favorite Batman is? We all agreed on our favorite Batman, but maybe you're a Dark Knight Returns guy. Maybe you're an Adam West aficionado. Maybe you like those 1940s serials, which I could never finish. Right. I've owned those DVDs <laughs> you know, for 15 years. I I can't get through the, them. The black and white pictures of those look awesome because you're just like, what the fuck is yeah, this? Yeah. They're so crazy. I have like them, the stills. I would never watch them. I have them all on DVD. Yeah. In fact, I think you can go on YouTube and watch the whole thing. And they're like four hours long when you put all the chapters oh together. My God. They're hideous. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to let us know where what your favorite Batman is, was it when you were a kid and first discovered him or when you grew up and realized he was something else? Let us know. I am at Not In My Book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official Caffeinated Comics social networking feed. Or you can go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics, and you can get all our news. That's where we post things like Batman Day and the trailer for the Joker. And then uh, love to see what comments you have. Um, Steve, uh, Lisa, how do we follow you online? I am on Instagram at Queen Elizabeth. Um, I'm on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan, and the show can be found on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes, pretty much anywhere you could find your podcasts. There we are. And if you want to find us in person next week, oh yeah, next Saturday, we will be part of the SMG Podcast Marathon. It's the fifth annual podcast marathon. I believe it's the third time we're doing it. It's at the Blue Box Cafe in Elgin. Ooh, it's a hike. And yeah, but but it's fun. They're, it's fun. And That's they're why doing we do it, every year. I believe they're doing it at least 12 hours of podcasts. We're, we'll be on at one thirty. We are opening for Art Balthazar and the All Yeah Podcast. Oh, cool. Who have been great friends of ours over the years. Uh, maybe we'll just make Art stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> come, come with us. Uh, but a lot of our friends are going to be there. If you can, stop by. If not, you'll hear it on the next episode.